Oh, hey, y'all, it's uh, time for the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour here on the Robert Scott Bell Show, a very special time of the week where we get to hang out with our pal, our buddy, our constitutional uh, scholar and attorney, Jonathan E. Mord. He's got the Exploratory Committee to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia. There's a big meeting on Friday at our friend Casey Krejci's place in Florida. If you, if you didn't know about it, we'll let you know about that, too. A lot to cover on the show today stick around tell your friends share the show robertscottbell.com slash listen the place for health freedom and healing liberty starts right about now the robert scott the bell robert show. scott bell show are you concerned about the strength of the dollar right now I'm not concerned about the transfer of dollar. I'm concerned about the rest of the world. Does that make sense? Can you explain that? Yes. Our economy is strong as hell. In the internal thing. Inflation is worldwide. It's worse off everywhere else than it is in the United States. So the problem is the lack of economic growth and sound policy in other countries, not so much ours. I, you can't make that buffoonery up. I'm not concerned about us. It's the other, it's all, it's the rest of the world. They're the strength of the, the dollar. What, what, how did this guy become president again? Answering that question and a whole lot more this hour, sacred fire of Liberty hour, the Robert Scott Bell show, Jonathan E. Mord, sir, <sighs> Jonathan, we got some work to do. Well, uh, he's so out of touch with reality. He has no idea what he's talking about. The typical person in this country is in trouble. People are being buried by inflation. They can't afford to pay for food. People are getting absolutely walloped at the pump. And all of this is his doing. In other words, he is to blame, and yet he takes no responsibility. And he acts as if it does not exist in America. People are screaming that they can't afford to pay for groceries. They can't afford to pay for gas. I mean, look, 120% increase in the cost of eggs, uh, massive increase in the cost of bacon. I mean, everybody knows this. You go to the grocery store, you look at things, you say, my goodness, you know, it was half that price last mm -hmm. year. It was half that price six months ago. And then every week you go in mm -hmm. and the prices keep going up. And then there are the supply chain shortages and things that are adding to the cost increases. And then you've got uh, the gas prices. I mean, look, mm -hmm. you know, uh, people, the, the administration says, oh, it came down a few cents from $4 on average. And it's uh, climbing back it, up again. It's, it was two fifty a year ago. The point is, look, if, if, if we were to eliminate these policies trying to destroy the fuel or the fossil fuel industry in this country, and open up the spigots and allow the production of oil and gas, we would have the biggest influx of available energy. We would see prices plummet. We'd see do uh, gas back down to $2 a gallon. Uh, and we would also see the United States become the strongest uh, uh, power in the world based on energy alone because we'd be supplying it to Europe. Mm -hmm. It's a strategic uh, and an economic necessity, and these people won't do it because they're caught in this ridiculous woke web where no matter where they move, they end up woke. And mm -hmm. they just, you know, their view is 
the rest of the world can pollute to the hilt, but the United States is going to have zero carbon production and we are going to pay the price for it. And they seem to be totally happy with crushing the middle class in this country, crushing everybody. You mentioned the word. You mentioned the word strategic, and I think that Biden is going to release some of the strategic petroleum reserves. And that's really a, 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 an agenda simply for salvaging the Democrats' uh, capacity to even get reelected, much less elected in this next cycle. Uh, but it doesn't address the fundamental you know, bottom line, which, of course, Biden says it's because of the bad economic policies in Spain and and, and Zimbabwe, wherever right. you want to throw it out. It's like it has nothing to do with our policies. It's no, the it's rest of the fault. world. It's everybody else's fault. It's not my fault. Don't look at me. Why are you looking at me while I, yeah. uh, you know, swallow down an expensive ice cream mm. uh, cone that, you know, the typical person out there has to forego that kind yeah. of a luxury. He's standing there talking about the economy while he's munching down on an ice cream cone. I mean, he's disgusting. It he has horrible. no sensitivity. The optics were horrendous. I mean, why they would even uh, allow this guy out of the basement? He should just be put back in the basement. He can't mm. communicate anything well. But mm. the biggest problem we have is that this guy is going to drive our whole economy into the dirt because yeah. of the Green New Deal agenda he's adopted, which is just a front for socialism. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the Check Green- out this article. Bloomberg's right. reporting a forecast for U.S. recession within a year. It hits 100%. It's like, right. yeah, it's like not 99, not one. It's 100%. We're, we're, we're already in a, a recession. We've had two quarters of down uh, downward uh, GDP growth. That is negative GDP growth, absence mm-hmm. of growth, negative growth. Uh and that's a definition of a recession. T- uh, typically, the administration says, "Oh no, we're not in a recession. This is temporary. It's going to bounce right back." Oh yeah, looks like uh, the rest of the whole economic world understands that we are in a, for a long-term recession because of this idiot. We really, I mean, this guy is 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 has sell, sold out his country, personally profiting by having the communist Chinese engage in influence peddling through his son with him receiving millions of dollars. Now we know that he's going to get an interest free, that he got an interest free loan through his son from the communist Chinese. And uh, he ends up with all a wash in commie money. And then we wonder why is it that he shows no backbone against the Chinese? Why is it that he's participating in this whole movement to, bring socialism to America. He does not care. He's all about feathering his own nest. He's all about corruption. He's the most corrupt president we've ever had. It's And the, the revelations of this have just been coming out over the last year. And the information is really shocking. The degree to which this guy is willing to tolerate all manner of abuse so that he can feather his own nest. And, you know, he's got all these alliances with the far left of the party. He will never, ever betray them. He'll betray the United States to support the far left. He'll have open borders and he'll co- totally destroy our nation with, all, you know, millions of illegals coming in, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, fentanyl, uh, leading cause of death now because of him, 18 to 45, fentanyl overdose. Uh, you know, this and no remorse. No acceptance of responsibility, no change in direction. 
It's an outrage. It's an, it, it is an insult in spades to yeah. every American, but it's worse than that because it's actually attacking Americans. It's making Americans enemies of the government. Yeah, at a certain point, Jonathan, I've talked about this. Is it incompetence or is he doing it on purpose? Now, many of us believe that he's really not pulling the strings. He's not present cognitively or otherwise. So it says that there is a deep state type agenda uh, to weaken America, to have it fall into line with globalist policies on collectivism, socialism and communism. And uh, I think that uh, maybe, maybe as we see the suffering happen for all peoples, whatever, whatever uh, political ideology they hold, uh, that they finally go, you know what, I'm getting a little bit too hungry here. We need to uh, uh, we need to do it differently as much as we dispute the uh, validity as far as a viable form of government of collectivist based policies. Uh, we recognize a lot of people because of indoctrination, not education in this country, have lost sight of the beauty and the uh, the amazingness of our founders and what they set up for us, the potential for the greatest innovation on the planet because of freedom, not because of the largesse and generosity of government, which is what stealing from some, giving to others until you run out of other people's money, as we've discussed many times over the years together. And now we're at a you know real turning point coming up in this election cycle. And it looks good. At the same time, we are genuinely concerned, of course, about election integrity, which you're not allowed to say anything about. So we've had some people like we were at the Health Freedom Expo this past weekend. We did our health freedom panel together uh, with Diane Miller and uh, Congressman Dan Burton, which was sensational. It was so great to meet Dan. He was amazing. And uh, there were some folks bringing raising their hands talking about poll watching as well. So the the on the ground uh, sentiment is like we've got to do better at making sure that the vote is actually counted properly so that we can see the inevitable turn of the tide at the mistake that is Biden and the Democrat policy. And also, let's be honest about the establishment Republicans. Many of them have fallen into globalist tendencies as well. We face the greatest threat in the history of our country to the destruction of our Republic. We are on the precipice. And this election is going to determine whether we go over. And if the American people believe in this country, as I believe they do, they are not going to allow these people to destroy our nation. They see it being destroyed. They see it every day. It's not something that's distant. It's happening right now. And for Americans who love this country, you not only have to vote against these people, but you also have to stand up and be heard because they're taking your children away. They're sacrificing the hopes and dreams of the next generation, telling that generation that the future is hopeless, that they should hate each other, hate themselves, hate their parents, hate free enterprise, hate the Republic, condemn the constitution and go for socialism, go for broke, go 100% into that zone of mediocrity, poverty, and misery that the world has known over and over again. Defy history. History has told us over and over again, socialism fails. Forget that. Go jump headlong into it and then see what Xi Jinping does to this country. The point is, if you want to save our country, you have got to vote the rascals out. This is the moment. If we don't take control of the House and the Senate, 
if we don't see a powerful rebuke for these commies who are running the country, they're going to take us into that la-la land where you have no rights, where you're a slave of the state, and they mean it. Look, they aren't wasting any time. Look what they're doing with the childhood vaccine schedule. They want to add to that schedule the COVID vaccine, yeah. force you as a condition to go to school to jab your kid with COVID of uh, the vaccine, which has a horrific consequence. I mean, there's first of all, there's little, no little to no efficacy, only danger, only damage, only injury. Uh, the pro the proclamations that they've made about uh, you know stopping transmission were a lie, a fraud, a, de a deception, and eight eight mice. I call it eight blind mice or eight blind researchers that are claiming that this is or 15 ACIP committee members. I want to talk about that a little bit more uh, during the show today, Jonathan, because that's going on. We've got a big alert from the Alliance for Natural Health, our friends there at ANH USA as well. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit more about our experience at the Health Freedom Expo today as we transition through a number of topics. And I, I thought... Uh, Again, great group of folks that came and really, uh, for the most part, aligned. Yeah, I think everybody was aligned on the health freedom message. We did have some interesting uh, discussions with folks that are struggling with some of the economic uh, uh, aspects of the, um, we talk about energy production, but they look at it as a global warming climate change issue, yet neglect to realize that they're going to go hungry and they're going to starve. They're going to freeze or they're going to heat up in the summer and die of that more than any kind of climate change issue would transition uh, a life to a death over the span of untold generations, if that's even valid. And I dispute a lot of that. And yet we had some discussions with folks that are innovating in terms of utilization of energy that is just sitting there waiting for us in America, under America, on top of America. And that's not happening in a uh, top-down, government-controlled, uh, regulated uh, scenario where we limit the innovation that happens only in freedom. Talk to me about some of the things you could see happening in terms of opening up. You talk about the spigots. It genuinely freaks some people out. Oh, my gosh oil is going to kill us all, but there are technologies. There's innovation happening behind the scenes. We're trying to bring out as well. That will show you that we can achieve energy independence and energy abundance without those downsides. Yeah. The exaggerated parade of horribles, uh, argument is really just, you know, where, are the, where is the scientific evidence to support this? We know better. I mean, they've been cl claiming that the whole world would end since the 1960s based on carbon production. They've said then it was the new ice age back then. Exactly. And they said that it would happen within a matter of years and it never happened. Uh, the remarkable thing is the resiliency of our planet. We must protect the environment, but we also have to recognize that humans are a part of the environment and you don't extinguish human life and impoverish everybody in the United States in order to have zero carbon. Uh, you'd rather have some carbon and everybody alive than zero carbon with all of us dead. And if your goal is to save us from dying from carbon, well, what about dying from poverty? I mean, do you want to destroy the backbone of the American economy? So this has gone way, way out of bounds. The rest of the world's looking at us. The Chinese are clapping vigorously. They hope that we will destroy Yeah, their we're killing ourselves. They're going to pollute massively and they're going to double and triple their pollution over the next several years. And that's going to vastly exceed any amount of pollution that was even possible from the United States. But the point here is simple. As Julian Simon explained it in his book, The Ultimate Resource, many years ago, the late economist Julian Simon,
-hmm. If you look at history and you look at free people, the the, the challenges posed by the environment have been overcome by the, by the mechanism of the market, free market environmentalism. Dr. Jack Martin was there and he's a perfect example of this. He's a perfect example of how innovation and brilliant technology can overcome the consequences of pollution for what? For economic profit, why? Mm -hmm. Because pollution is inefficient. See, one of the great things about uh, the market is that it tries to ferret out pollution. Now, you may say, oh no, that's not true because there's so much pollution. When you compare the degree of pollution that was present in the 1800s with the degree of pollution that's generated now by industry, there's been a precipitous reduction. And that has been due to the fact primarily it's economically driven because pollution is an inefficiency. It, it, it's a proof that you haven't gotten the most. It's out wasteful. Of the yes, it's wasteful. And so, the idea of the law of economy is getting the yeah. most out of every drop, yeah. you know, the best mileage. And those things are motivated primarily because, my gosh, the cost savings are tremendous. Then we can benefit. We can enjoy more of the abundance. And we're talking about an innovation in terms of um, how can we do this in a cost-effective manner by adding more layers of government bureaucracy or allowing the free market and the innovation in the free market to unleash ways to utilize energy more efficiently, which we've seen despite government obstacles over the See, last hundred years. People feel, you know, people who are on the radical edge of the environmental movement uh, have this knee-jerk reaction that if government will mandate it, that's the only way it'll, it'll come about. Well, the reality is historically it has come about through free market competition. Mm -hmm. And the reason is that when somebody finds out that the smokestack on top of their, their uh, uh, factory uh, can, can, you don't have to just pump that into the air. You can re uh, you can take that uh, smoke and, and actually the heat mm -hmm. and, and use that to actually decrease your energy expenditure uh, from the company to pay for electricity by using that as a secondary source to heat the plant or whatever, mm -hmm. that sort of innovation has been coming about in spades. And there are some really great leaders like Dr. Jack Martin who present this alternative world where mm -hmm. there's no carbon pollution because of their innovations. And, you know, if that comes to pass, then all of this becomes passe. Notice it wasn't solved that they didn't create Jack Martin through a government program, that they didn't. No, no. I, yeah, I think. But the point is that mm -hmm. he came about because of brilliance and he has innovated. Now, yeah. this is this is an example. There are many other examples, too, across the United States of people taking things that were ordinarily considered pollutants. My, the company I represent, ECM Biofilms. Mm -hmm. My goodness, they took conventional plastics, which everybody said would cause pollution, you know, in the environment massively and conventional plastics are used in all automobiles and all kinds of things. And then they're discarded into the environment. So all the scientists were saying, well, the conventional plastic will be remain in the environment for thousands and thousands of years, if not indefinitely. So this pollution in the oceans and everything is horrendous. And he came up, ECM biofilms came up with an additive that is a biota brilliant secret, a uh, trade secret 
infused into plastic like a colorant. So it's evenly dispersed all across the conventional plastic and it causes conventional plastics to biodegrade in soil and in landfills. All right, that's a brilliant innovation, right? You think that the, the government planners that you're talking about on the far left is solving the environmental problem would embrace this. No, they went after him. They, the Federal Trade Commission tried to destroy his business. We had to defend him for years. So what, what would be the motivation? for destroying innovation that could actually help the environment. Doesn't it cause you to question the, the sincerity of the left's motivation to save the planet? I'm not talking about the average person going, I'm really concerned. I'm talking about those that are managing their realities. Why would yeah, they fight no, against this? I mean, when you, you take, you take, for example, uh, AOC's chief of staff. And in 2019, he met with Inslee, governor Inslee from Washington state, his, uh, staff on climate change. He goes there on behalf of AOC. They think of him as a God because he wrote the Green New Deal for her and uh, came up with that whole idea. They say, oh, this is the this is a, the environmental guru. And he says, what? Hey, listen, take a minute. We didn't do this for the environment. We did this to bring socialism to America. That is it the point. Broken horse for socialism. Jonathan, you up. everybody wants a good environment. I don't want to sit here and drink uh, a toxic a sludge filled yeah. with sludge. Yeah. And of course, none of us wants that. And we all want to try to make the world better. But what you don't want to do is give it the very same entity that takes your rights away mm -hmm. on a routine basis. Yeah. The power to decide your economic future mm -hmm. as well as. Yeah. What. Yeah goods and services you have access to. Once that's done, you're done. Your freedom's yeah. over. Your economic liberty's gone. Here's the logical fallacy, if I can say it that way, where the left doesn't trust the, the marketplace. And of course, there's history there as to why that may have happened and some people to not trust it, because by and large, we see the government in, embrace the market and, and basically take control of it via capture, regulatory capture, as you've uh, addressed in your books as well over the years. And in that case, you see the government screw up freedom because it's no longer freedom. It's parading as freedom. Like we talk about free market capitalism. There hasn't been a free market in a lot of ways. And the, the, the innovation that we've witnessed is despite government intervention and regulation. And so they would say, we don't trust that. But then again, their dissonance or cognitive dissonance is that the same people that would destroy the freedom to innovate that would actually achieve the goals that they proclaim that they have, if they're not actually wanting to establish socialism by a subterfuge, um, they're the same people that would do so by giving them the power in government. You know, the perception is we given business all this power. It's like, well, you've regulated the sense that, that basically they are owned and controlled by the same entities in government that would then destroy your freedom. Like in China, where you're basically a slave to whatever system, whatever they say you must do. And we've devolved into that in a lot of ways in America. And I, I think trying to bridge the Hegelian dialectic and see where both sides have been corrupted, like for those that are the establishment Republicans that don't see regulatory capture yet, you need to get in there and educate them pronto or else we make the same right. mistakes moving well, forward. I mean, it's not that they don't see it so much as they ben benefit financially from it. Mm. I mean, they're part and parcel of the problem. 
The problem is that people are selling out the United States for their own personal financial benefit. And what they've got to understand is that this game now is at the end line. They're at a point where if they continuously do this in future, we're gone. Mm -hmm. And we have to stand up for our country and fight against it. You're right about the regulatory capture movement. I mean, James Buchanan, a great uh, Nobel Prize winning economist, used to be at George Mason University. I think he might still be there. The point is, uh, James Buchanan came up with this whole uh, area of economics called public choice theory. And what he established was that people in government pursue their own self-interest, just like people in the private sector. The difference is that they have your money, not their own money. They have no risk. You bear all the risk. They're sitting in government with the tax dollars available to them. That is your money, not theirs and they get to spend it and they get to use it to feather their own nests. They get to decide how they're going to help themselves. And that's what has happened in spades since the New Deal. We have people who are elected to office like Joe Biden. They use their political office for influence peddling like he did. He did it in the most egregious way with enemies of the United States he engaged through his son. And then his son would say, hey, I can get you access to my dad. Well, you can go to the White House, whatever. Uh, you can see him as, as vice president, uh, we'll help you. And then they, they pour in all this money. The Chinese looked at that and they seized the opportunity. They want to destroy this country. So they pump in millions into a bank account that Joe and Hunter share together. Then they engage in influence peddling through his son with Joe. And then Joe actually expends that money for his own mortgages and so on. He lives like a king. This guy's a complete idiot. He's never been outside of government. He's always been abusing his power. He's been, you know, he, he, he engages in all sorts of plagiarism. He, uh, he you know, he's, he's a puppet of a man. And now he's chosen, and believe me, he chose this. He's not so far gone that he didn't make a fundamental decision. He chose to align himself with the most radical elements in our society, the far left, the AOC wing, the squad, so that they are intent. They hate this country. They hate us. They hate the American people. They think we're all a bunch of ne'er-do-wells. They want to destroy our country and replace it with a socialist mm. system they run. Did you They're see that? You know, they it, say this. It, it's overt. Yeah, it's not hidden. And that, that's the point of bringing this up, Jonathan. I appreciate you doing so. And even AOC is struggling now. Her her supporters are rebelling. I mean, at the latest uh, town hall meeting she had, they were just, uh, uh, she was. Uh, she didn't know what to do. I think her days may be numbered as well. I mean, this is the problem with the, uh, the, the, the Marxists and communists. Marxism is itself a fraud. Mm -hmm. It's a fraud because it, it goes against humanity. It says that people really do not uh, pursue their own self-interest. And it also says that people really shouldn't have liberty, that if they're controlled and mm -hmm. their families are destroyed and in place of it, the state becomes their family that they can be made into automatons that work slavishly for the government and that they don't have to be fed much. They can be fed little and you redistribute all the wealth and you don't allow meritocracy to work. Look, that's all these things are contrary to human nature. We are born free. God has given us our agency, our free agency. When we're born, we are free. As you grow up, 
You want to do what you want to do. You want to have uh, interactions with people based on what you think you can contribute to society. You don't want some government overlord putting you in shackles and telling you, you go in this direction and you won't go when you're put in that situation in a happy way. You'll do the least you possibly can to get by because you know, no matter how hard you work, you're only going to get the same pittance from the political parties that divide up the pie. And then the pie keeps shrinking. That's the story of the Soviet Union. It collapsed because they could not grow, that they were collapsing internally, economically. People would not make anything correctly. Everything you buy would be terrible. There are few options available because no one's producing anything. Everybody lives like a slave, so nobody's gonna do anything. Meritocracy built the United States the opportunity to have an opportunity society to grow uh, the economy is all based on self-interest. You got someone who comes along and they invent a better system or a better uh, device or a better machine. And that enables them to be wealthy. Why? Because it's a better machine. So the public realizes, gee, this is better. I'd mm -hmm. rather, I'd rather not wash clothes on a, on a, on a, on a, on a washboard. On a, in my backyard in the river i'd rather do it on this in this washing machine well then we have a washing machine and you know what only the free countries have washing machines the the russians finally get around to a washing machine and what kind of washing machine do they have they have one that uh nobody can afford but the party members the party members get it but it only works for about an hour and a half before <laughs> it starts breaking down yeah the same thing is true with their submarines the same thing is true with their airplanes mm -hmm. But if you want to have prosperity, you want to lift the society so that everybody has an opportunity, that is mm -hmm. free enterprise. And if we keep going the way we're going, we're taking the greatest empire of liberty in the history of the world and we're trashing it. This Jonathan, I, I just want to ca caution everybody that those in power right now bitten off perhaps more than they could chew. They were desperate and they are desperate. And at times of desperation, they're willing to do desperate things. So I say be vigilant and stay prayerful, in my opinion, uh, and stay connected to the guidance of spirit because um, there are things that people that are desperate will do, entities, agencies will do to maintain a stranglehold on power. There's almost no limit to what they will do. So the question is, moving into this election cycle again, uh, to watch it, monitor it carefully, choose the candidates wisely find out what they really be. Look at their background. Are they, you know, have they been brought up by the World Economic Forum and globalists and communists and make the decisions not based on, you know, necessarily rhetoric per se, because that's easy to sway people on that, but track records and have them back up their belief system as opposed to what they just say. And this, this goes into the confusion that people may have of those that claim to be conservative or liberty-minded people and you know they speak out against populism and when we come well hold on i got a special message of thanks for those that make this message and this show possible jonathan but i do want to talk about how do you de determine who are the genuine candidates be beyond just an r or a d so that's something we can gain wisdom from uh real quick just want to say thanks to our friends at orangeguard.com they have done wonderful this is innovation this is a man who has uh, left-leaning political views, but he's a wonderful man that said, you know what, in freedom, I want to innovate. And so we don't have to all agree on everything. That's not the point of freedom, freedom to disagree. But Orange Guard is delimiting based on what? 
God's natural pesticide in the orange peel. And he distilled that out and found out, my gosh, we can take care of ants and roaches and aphids and bugs, and we won't kill our kids. We won't kill our pets. We won't destroy the environment. Whereas the EPA regulatory captured as it is endorses and embraces these toxic polluters that in freedom we would not be really relying upon because the innovation is there despite government to do good things. Go to orangeguard.com, ask for it by name at the Ace Hardware store in your neighborhood or the Whole Foods or go to orangecard.com. Send in a picture of that bottle of Orange Guard when you get it to superdon, askrsb at gmail.com. We'll add it to the collage and we're going to do a great big giveaway toward the end of this month of fun stuff and see some of the entries here already. You got nothing to lose. It's great. Everything to do that's going to be good to, to not harm your home and environment. And if you're growing like I am organically, it's not going to harm that either. So thank you to them. Thank you to Nutritional Frontiers. I'm going to be in Pittsburgh this Saturday for a big health freedom event. Thanks to Health Hut, Beaver Falls, Pennsylvania. I look forward to seeing you there. And this Friday, if you haven't already heard, it's tomorrow. Today is the 20th. The 21st, our good friend Casey Krejci of Living Fuel is going to be hosting a special event for the Exploratory Committee for Jonathan Emord to run for the United States Senate out of Virginia. Now, you must RSVP. There's limited time, but we'll make sure you have the link to that in the show notes today at robertscottbell.com. I hope that you'll participate and support our efforts to get Jonathan Emord become the next senator from Virginia, running two years from now against Tim Kaine. And uh, with that, Jonathan, I wanted to talk about uh, uh, vetting candidates. I think this is an important part of it. I, I think if anybody looks at you now, they can vet you from 10 years of participation on the Robert Scott Bell Show and see you're pretty darn consistent. There's no, it, it not, you weren't running for 10 years. You're just like, well, this is who Jonathan E. Mort is. Robert, uh, I've established this exploratory committee, and I've said if by the end of March I raise a million dollars, I will run. But mm -hmm. I'm not a uh, announced candidate officially right no. now, so Correct. people can understand that. However, um, on, on this point uh, that you're raising uh, about the event tomorrow, I mean, my goodness, uh, Casey has put on something phenomenal. As I hear the details of this, Dan Burton's coming up uh, wow. to uh, the event as well. John Doolittle, who's also a former member of Congress, will be there. Scotty Moore, who's running for Congress out there, is going to be there. There are a whole bunch of people who are industry leaders, uh, leaders in the religious community, all coming mm -hmm. to this thing. It's turned out to be quite a phenomenal get together. And as you know, uh, Casey's place is absolutely gorgeous. So there it is. Save special event to save America in Florida. And uh, it really is. If I wasn't having to be in Pittsburgh the very next early morning, I would be there with you absolutely like we were at the first event at the Health Freedom Expo the last weekend, which was just a phenomenal event. And, and those of you, I hope that they make some of the video available that was recorded there, Jonathan, because it was quite, I feel, as I said, historic in its uh, implications. If oh, I, I thought, uh, you know, that Health Freedom Expo is phenomenal. I mean, Julie Whitman Klein is exceptional. She's a person of the greatest character, integrity, and it's so, it's such a pleasure to be able to, to do that. Mm -hmm. And you know, to be around people like that as well. I mean, it's, it's it was phenomenal. And everybody was there. I mean, I can't tell you the number of times people came up to me and, and supported what we were doing. And it's it's a tremendous uh, uh, opportunity to see freedom-loving people get together. And really, they're interested in doing whatever they can to help us save this country. Mm -hmm. And in particular, 
liberate us from the tyranny that has gone on over health. I mean, the censorship and the forced jabs and the firing of people from their jobs and mm -hmm. I mean, it's on and on and on and on. It's been a horrible, horrible, horrible nightmare of government abuse. And uh, they, they were rising up in large numbers there. Mm -hmm. And so I hope to see that happen all over the country. It's great. You know, we're going to do 25 of these events. We're on our third event now. And Robert, we're going to do one in your backyard in Utah here. Well, yeah, we got to establish that. There's a lot of work to be done, folks. And the thing is, if if and I, I want to say when you gain that a million that I think will happen by the deadline that you've set in March of 2023 uh, and you run, you will win. I just feel it. and I get chills every time I say that. Well, Robert, you know what's interesting? It's been now, I think, four weeks since we established the Exploratory Committee. Mm -hmm. And my last check uh, on the status of it, we've raised over $200,000 so far. Wow. And my my hope is that we keep that momentum. And if we do, we will hit that million. And everybody who wants to help in this cause can go to emord4va.com. Right. And... There you can make a donation and every donation counts. I mean, we've got some people who have donated $5 and I am so appreciative. Mm -hmm. Then we have some people who have donated thousands of dollars, but the ones that are able to donate, if they mm -hmm. do, this is the cause to save our country. This is the fight to get us to a position where we have a voice in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C., in the Senate of the United States that can fight tenaciously every day for the freedoms that we must save for mm -hmm. future generations uh, and really to keep the Republic. So it's, it's for F O R V a.com is the site. We have that linked up as well. And uh, uh, we, uh, well, I, if you follow your conscience y'all, and I think, you know, Jonathan E over the years together here. And uh, for those of you met him or have met him at previous health freedom expos, you know him as well. Um, now this is the tough discussion. All right. There's a headline here on Breitbart. Mike Pence, conservative movement cannot be led astray by the siren song of unprincipled populism. Whereas that statement, I have no problem with that statement per se, but I got some problems with what I've witnessed of Mike Pence in his career as an establishment Republican. So I'm not really on board. And this is where we talk about following the path of integrity and, and looking at the track record here. And, you know, I remember Reagan's, what was his, his thing? Uh, Thou shalt not criticize other Republicans, but Never I think now another Republican. Yeah. We, we have to also though, recognize that it is, this is beyond party politics, even though we know the parties are predominant in how people get elected, but we have to be able to get beyond that. Uh, uh, the statement is not, we shall not criticize or engage in debate discussion and look at track records and say, you know what? I perceive what you say. And then I look at what you do and see the difference. Well, the moment defines what we need in spades. We are up against a threat to the survival of liberty and our Republic. That's what we're up against. And so whether the response to that against it is a populist response, is an erudite recitation from the ivory tower, is a, a speech on the floor of the House or Senate, is a speech from the back of a truck at a uh, rally. 
Uh, I don't care where it's coming from. I don't care what your economic prior political status is. Join in the fight to save America. And that means that we don't internally within our own ranks start this ridiculous, oh, you know, people who are uh, part of a populist movement are not legitimate. What does that mean? I mean, that's utter nonsense. Everybody who wants, who loves this country and wants to fight to save it, they're welcome. Come join us. Be a part of the movement to save our country. Otherwise, we're never going to do it. If we bicker about, you know, whether somebody is legitimately conservative or not, forget all that. Everybody who wants to save this country, come and join us. Let's make a go for it. Let's do everything we possibly can to end this nonsense of teaching kids that Marxism is the way and that they ought to hate their country. Let's mm -hmm. let's end this business of mutilating kids based on this gender ideology that says the falsehood that a biological boy can become a biological girl. Uh-uh. That's There's no technology in the world that can do that and mm -hmm. vice versa. No technology in the world. But you will permanently disfigure and ruin the lives yeah. of these kids you suck into this process and spit out through a surgical means and hormones and so on. All that is is brutality. It is child abuse. Mm -hmm. This is a socialist agenda. They want to destroy the nuclear family. They want to replace you as a parent. They want to deny you your rights as a parent. They think their chil your children are theirs. How else would a school do this? I mean, if a school thinks it can go ahead and tell your children, sexualize them with the most bizarre and insane uh, displays. I mean, my goodness, the foul language, the, the ridiculous costumes, the overt display of sexuality to preschoolers and kindergarten. Why, why can't we let kids be kids? You know? That's grooming. That's child abuse. This is you take impressionable children that should be protected when they're in school. Mm -hmm. And you do this to them? Well, here's inviting terrorists into the classroom. In, yeah. And and I, the powers of persuasion, the ability to elucidate a, pers a perspectives and position. This is one of the things you have the capacity to do in the Senate, much less here on this show and, and in other venues that we need more of the ability not just to spout, um, I don't know, slogans like we talk about politics. It's like, oh, it's about slogans. It's like, yeah, Save America could be considered a slogan. But good Lord, we are on the precipice of like we if we don't do something different, uh, we may lose it. And I, I don't even like saying that, but I will acknowledge it. And so how do we persuade those that have been in opposition to certain part aspects of the establishment parties, party uh, machines, including the Republican Party machine. And how do we correct that? It is by going back to principle. But to your point, people might be swayed by various things in terms of their own experience in life and realizing they can't afford food on the on their table, much less rent or mortgages. So the ability or the opportunity to persuade based on principle is like more more how would we say that the opportunity is greater when people are suffering? They might finally be willing to listen. The question is, will they be getting the right message or will they be getting the message? Trust us. Yes, I know we're the people that put you in poverty, but we're the same ones that can get you out. Of course, that's absurd. And you can explain that as well as anybody, Jonathan.
Well, I think at root, the American people, with very few exceptions, love liberty. They love their freedom. I think that Ameri the American people do not want uh, Joe Biden to rule as a dictator. Can you imagine if we lose the Congress? Imagine if this election goes and instead of a Republican majority, Biden succeeds and has a Democrat majority. Do you realize what he's going to do with that? Do you realize how he's going to crow that he has a renewed mandate to do exactly the nonsense he's been doing the last year and a half? Do you know what that means? That means that your jobs are at stake. Do you realize that? Do you realize that that means that you're going to be far poorer in the next two years than he's already made you in the, the year and a half he's been in? This is a trajectory that is going down. We have to change it so it goes up so that we indeed do win as a people, that we have economic opportunity, that we have our savings not depleted by these ridiculous inflationary policies. The average person's savings account 401k has gone down 27% during this administration. The typical household has lost over $6,000 in purchasing power and the individual over $3,000 in purchasing power. Mm -hmm. You are losing money and you are losing money at a faster rate than the inflation uh, uh, but don't so, worry. Biden says it's everybody else. It's all the other economies that are doing it wrong. And we're so strong. It's like, how strong are you feeling when you're having trouble making ends meet? And, you know, I mean, okay. So you tell me, all right, look, uh, your, your body is on fire and you're getting a, a second degree burn right now. Mm -hmm. uh, another year you'll get a third degree burn. But let me tell you this people in Europe already have a third degree burn. How about that? So yeah, you should, yeah. About it. you should feel You're better about that. Yeah, no problem. No problem being burnt. It's totally fine. Uh, that's ridiculous. His problem is he's not taking any responsibility for ruining this country. Mm -hmm. He is to blame. The Democrat leadership in Congress is to blame. They adopted this. I mean, it's not our fault that they jumped whole hog into socialism. Nobody voted in this country to put Joe Biden into office to be a socialist, except those in the know who are in, among the socialists. AOC voted for him because she thought this, as she said at the time, this is the greatest chance to bring socialism to America that ever existed. Mm -hmm. Well, let's see what else is uh, something we we must correct. Yesterday, the ACIP committee voted in a slam dunk 15-0 despite all opposition and the lack of science that supports their decision to vote in favor of adding, having the CDC add the COVID jabs and boosters to the childhood vaccine schedule, which would then allow these jabs that are now in a nebulous territory between emergency use authorization and full-on licensure and approval by FDA, where there would be full liability. And I said this to Super Don, he couldn't believe it. I said, nowhere in America can you find Comirnaty or Spikevax, the proclaimed approved versions of these jabs available. Uh, and I said, the reason is these, these companies are not stupid. They know that if it's out there without liability shield protection, they will be sued for injury and death. And they are waiting for the CDC to rubber stamp this next phase today, Jonathan. And does this mean finally, once and for all, the people are seeing the illegitimacy, much less the unconstitutionality of the Centers for Disease Control here in rubber stamping products that will carry then no liability when they injure and kill even more than they've already done under EUA authorization. There's a lot of bad going on that you just explained. 
but it's so much worse. I mean, this whole agenda to harm our kids, I mean, this is what it is. Bear no, make no mistake about it. Doing all this stuff with the gender orientation nonsense, the critical race theory, and now actually hurting them physically with the jab. I mean, here's the story. The truth of the, the matter is that almost all Americans have had COVID and have natural immunity. Kids, even when they get COVID, have a modest case of the illness. They very rarely have serious symptoms from COVID. We're in the endemic phase. We're not even in the pandemic anymore. We're in the endemic phase. So how do they justify this, Jonathan? What the heck is going on? The vaccine itself carries elevated risks for kids Mm -hmm. of endocarditis, myocarditis, blood clotting, uh, all sorts of actual injuries that are reported in the FISA data that they kept from us. And this is an inside job, obviously. These people are tone deaf to what the public wants. They couldn't care less. They don't care about this. They don't even care about the health of kids. If they followed the science, they they wouldn't do this at all. They say they have science supporting the safety and efficacy of the jab in kids, but they will not reveal what they're relying on. They are hiding it Mm-hmm. intentionally keeping it away from the scientific community so that they will not suffer criticism as they slip this one by and force every kid in the country to be vaccinated, to go to school, to get the COVID vax. Look, mm-hmm. all mandatory vaccination is a violation of our rights. We should never be forcing people to be vaccinated as a condition to exercise their liberty or to go to school. The fact of the matter is we have to have individual freedom of choice and we need full information and we need this censorship that they're also engaging in to mm-hmm. censor anybody who criticizes the vaccine to end. And the only solution to this is a wide open, robust debate. The reality is that if you have a good argument in defense of the vaccine, let's hear well, it. Let's, Every hear it. let's see it. Exactly. Down. Don't censor the whole thing. Don't keep back from us the data. Give mm-hmm. us the data. What are you afraid of? Exactly. That's what they're afraid of. They're afraid that you're going to realize that this is in the financial interests of these big companies to create generation after generation of people who keep getting the the vaccine indefinitely. Yeah. And this is not capitalism, Jonathan. You would agree. Not at all. This is is crony capitalism. What Ron Paul has complained about for decades. I mean, this is this is the Benito Mussolini model. Correct. Correct. the fascistic model of of socialism. Yeah, and and we need more to speak out against this. And I'd like to see the Republicans uh, at large speak out, and they are more than ever before. And recognizing that the CDC can't technically mandate the shots once they put it on the schedule, but it's a sort of a de facto mandate because the particularly the blue states will add it to the childhood vaccination mandatory list in order to go to school. And some of these states, which we've featured, talked about have removed basically any opportunity to exempt out religiously, philosophically, and even medically, made it so impossible that doctors are afraid to issue a medical exemption because it's contraindicated for one, two, ten, a million kids. So it becomes a de facto mandate for those that are criticizing anybody who says the CDC is going to mandate this. I know they can't officially, but it be, it just rolls into the states. Now, there will be pushback. We've heard from the Surgeon General of Florida says, he doesn't care what the CDC says. They're not adding it to the schedule in Florida. That's, That's great. 
But that's the solution. The only solution yeah. we've got left is for the right. state to rise up and say, we are not going to mandate this vaccine as a part of our vaccine schedule. They ought to get rid of their whole vaccine schedule. People yeah. should be allowed to communicate. This, these decisions about how to protect your health need to be based on the individual in, information related to your unique history and mm -hmm. medical condition. And that needs to be ba made based on your interaction with your healthcare provider. And nobody else should be involved with it. These are personal decisions. They've turned them into mm -hmm. a public decision, a one-size-fits-all approach. It never works well. It always carries with it risks. We've got hundreds of thousands of people trying to get relief from the, the vaccine uh, uh, compensation fund. Yeah. And, and it's, the whole thing is designed to protect the industry, designed to protect the industry, give them legal shield so that they can take the risks and introduce these things and not inform us of the risks. And it goes all the way down to the pediatrician they're, they're pummeled by the, the state boards to avoid communicating adverse event information to people. When they don't communicate adverse event information for, to people, they're not chastised and condemned by the boards. But if they tell dare tell somebody that using their own scruple as a physician, they think that you ought not vaccinate your child. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Then you're looking at taking their licenses away. And you're also looking at all over the country, there are doctors who are facing uh, medical board license suspension or revocation simply because they recommended, based on the science, ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine as an early treatment for COVID in patients who had it. And those patients' lives were saved by and large because of ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And yet they're going after these people for making it available they're going after, you know, all doctors all over the place. And I just, I'm flabbergasted because, you know, if you would allow ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine to be liberally distributed around this country, we would have had thousands and thousands of fewer deaths. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people that would still be alive today. Fewer deaths. It's not, it should... Yeah, it shouldn't even be a controversial statement. It's factual. Absolutely factual, as we've heard from physician after physician. Holistic, integrative, and medical all together speaking out about just what Jonathan E. Mord said. And in innovation and freedom, we would not have seen the deaths that have occurred, and they would still be with us today. Uh, Jonathan E. Mord, again, uh, uh, E. Mord for VA, E. Mord for Virginia.com. Of course, uh, um, we want Jonathan to run for the United States Senate. And if he gets the, if, if the money is raised, which I feel good about this, but it, it means everybody reaching a little bit, supporting him. And we'll get them there and then watch the transformation occur. Uh, Jonathan does not have delusions of grandeur, nor do I. But uh, we know uh, that what you bring, the principles, the ability to educate, persuade, are the part of the transformation that needs to take place in the so-called hollow halls of Congress and the Senate. Uh, not just the ability to, to get elected, but to maintain the integrity with which you have exhibited your whole life, Jonathan. And, and your wife told an amazing story, which I am not surprised about. Uh, maybe I'll have to get her on the show so she can tell it like only she can tell it. Uh, how a client, you know, early in your uh, uh, legal career had uh, reneged on a bill and uh, you, you basically had said, I, I'll forgive you your debt, your debt but uh, you can never ask me to represent you again. And how this same 
I'm doing the short version of it. This same person came to you in crisis years later and knew you were the only one that could help him. And you, you said, look, I made an agreement. Why are you trying to renege on that agreement? And uh, you refused even when he promised to drop a million bucks in your account. No questions asked. And you're like, no, that's not how this works. And that's a, you know, an example of as a, what I've said. My humble opinion, and I am right about this, you are not someone who can be bought or persuaded to abandon principle because of any number of emoluments that others are corrupted by. And again, your track record is extensive and extraordinary in that regard. And I'm honored, as you know, to call you my friend and to be with you on this journey. Anything I can do to help. Well, thank you so much, Robert. I mean, it's time for people who love their country more than their, themselves to rise and, and get into politics and make a difference. And we have to, or else we're going to lose our country. We really are going to lose it if we don't do something right now. Uh, you know, there's this picture right here, whoop, right there. Yes. That is my dad, who is a professional boxer. And I think I learned because he was the boxing coach for the Air Force and we were stationed overseas in Alconbury and Lake and Heath in England at Royal Air Force bases. I learned from the great example of American pilots on the cutting edge of the Cold War who would fly those phantom jets to the Soviet border, draw out the MiGs, photograph them and dogfight with them and then come back, never knowing each day when they took off, whether this was a hot mm. war rather than a cold war. I learned from that bravery and my father's words to me, uh, the struggle that really has dominated my whole life. And that is that if you don't, and Reagan has said this and others have said this as well, that freedom isn't free. And that if you don't stand up and fight for your liberties, they will be taken from you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, it's a clear struggle between good and evil in my mind. People were not meant to be slaves. We were meant to be free. And when our government tries to enslave us to an agenda that is alien to everything that we believe in and stand for, we have got to rebel. We have to do that through the voting booth. We have to try our best to ensure that this republic survives. And we can do that. We have the power to do that. It's, it's we're in a majority and I trust in the American people. I believe the American people will rise to the occasion. And I'm waiting for that midterm election results to see if we take back the house and the Senate. I I'm praying for that every day. Yeah. Well, Jonathan, again, appreciate all the time we get to spend together on the sacred fire of Liberty here. It is an educational opportunity together to persuade and to talk about these events that we're witnessing in our lifetime, uh, you know, history in the making. And, and now to see if we can help get you uh, across the proverbial starting line, you know, to run for the U.S. Senate out of Virginia, much less the finish line of getting you in to the Senate. Uh, we'll see how that goes. And I, I feel good about it in the midst of a lot of things that I don't feel so great about, about what our body politic has done. The Constitution doesn't defend itself. you got to stand up, defend it, just as you have to defend your own Constitution. And uh, appreciate uh, being on this journey with you, Jonathan. It's great being with you, Robert. Madison told us that the Constitution would be but a mere parchment barrier if evil men and designing men uh, were to assume positions of power in the government. Uh, so we've got to get those evil and designing men out of there, along with evil and designing women, namely Nancy Pelosi. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, we've got to get them out of there and take our country back. 
Yes, exactly. And we're going to do just that. Next hour, we have Dr. Henry Ely joining us, as well as look over my left shoulder, Synergy Sauna. We're going to do a special uh, webinar and sign up during the show so you can be there with us. Even if you can't be live, you can witness that. Help your own body's constitution. Strengthen it so that you're ready to go through the battles that are necessary to defend and regain the liberty that we may have lost as a country much less individually. Thank you, Jonathan Nemour. God bless you. We'll be right back with more powerful healing because the power to heal, even politically, is yours. Robert Scott, Robert Scott Bell Show. Well, as we knew, as you probably sensed, uh, the ACIP committee that voted 15-0 ended up, well, what is the CDC going to do? Well, they said it was 15-0. All right, we'll go ahead and put it on the schedule. Well, of course they did. Why wouldn't they? There's no liability. There's no accountability. And in that way, they can pay back their paymasters, those that own and control them. And this is where we are in America. The U.S. CDC advisors approve adding COVID shots to the vaccine schedule, which means the majority of states, I think that the last time I looked, the majority of the states just basically roll over, do whatever the CDC guideline says, we'll just add it to our list because we're lazy and we're probably going to get a little bit kickback benefit too by doing so. And so they're going to basically say in order to attend school, you now have to get COVID, (laughs) excuse me, gosh, darn it, COVID jabs and COVID boosters. Super Don, I know they were attacking um, uh, what but Tucker Carlson for saying that the CDC would mandate it. But it's a, as I said yesterday, it's a de facto mandate in most states that don't have even some of these states, mostly the blue states that have removed all exemptions. Religious, philosophical, and it's damn near impossible to get a medical one. Yeah, I, you know, the question I would ask is uh, I'm sure somebody's compiled this somewhere. You know, if you take a look at the schedule, I actually pulled up the, uh, the look, went and looked. They haven't added edited it yet. But if you look at the CDC vaccination schedule from 18 months to 18 years, which would be school age, right? Yeah. Um, there's like 17 vaccines there. Yeah, multiple shots, though, they're not counting. I mean, and, so it ends up being and, like 70. Yeah. yeah, well, and you see, they break it down in, in, in there. It's like yeah. with first dose, second dose, third dose, all that and stuff. And then yeah. I went and looked at, to see uh, in the state that I'm in, in Oregon. I was like, I wonder, you know, what are the ones that are required for school? Mm-hmm. And there's 11. 11 of those those 17, apparently here in my state, are required for kids to go to school. So, you know, I, I know right now there's a debate going on in the news because of Tucker. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, that guy's got power, right? I mean, he Dude. can go out and go on a show and suddenly everybody's talking about it, right? Yeah, it's pretty impressive. The debate going on is that Tucker said that if the CDC approved the vaccine mm-hmm. for the child vaccination schedule that then they could mandate uh, kids have to get the COVID shot to go to school. Right. So the CDC comes out and goes, we can't be the ones that will enforce a mandate. It's up to the states and the counties yeah. and stuff like that. And so my question would be, okay, so let's look at this historically. I know you've got 50 states that you've got to work mm-hmm. into the numbers here, but um, out of, you know, the, the, vaccines that are out there that are i guess what what are they saying recommended by the mm-hmm. cdc yeah um how many of those vaccines on average are 
required in in the 50 states most of Here's, them dag it it's just come on really well that, look i mean if you look at the the oregon situation it was 11 out of 17 okay yeah. so yeah there's some that that are are not but i mean just look at what we've just gone through for the last three years mm-hmm. you got the world health organization going oh wait guys don't forget about COVID 19 it's still a global health emergency uh you know so it's is it crazy mm-hmm. to think that the schools are going to add the COVID nineteen vaccine to to the well, list. You, come on, you know which states you are have do to it. get. I mean, you know, you know, we know which people states still don't get. want to take their masks off. You know, yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be the blue states primarily. It'll be Oregon, likely, and Washington, and California, and right. New York, and Illinois, and maybe some of the. Uh, you know, the uh, New England states, you know, those that lean heavily left, they worship Fauci still. They're likely going to go see the CDC says it should be on the schedule. So we're going to put it on the schedule. So it's it's kind of a straw man argument a little bit when they go, oh, Tucker got it wrong. It's like, really, did he? I mean, yeah, I mean, parse the language. You can go to that level if you want. Look, Jerome Adams, MD. He says this. He tweeted out in response to uh, another uh, uh, tweet about. Tucker Carlson, oh, he got it wrong. They're so happy. He got it wrong. And Jerome Adams says, to whom it may concern, the CDC does not and cannot make vaccines mandatory to attend school. The authority lies with the states. I was a state health commissioner before I was Surgeon General, so I would know. Anyone saying otherwise is mistaken or lying. That is all. What a pretentious prick, Jerome Adams. I mean, come on. You know how the game is played. The CDC says it. It's on the schedule. Now there's no liability. Should someone be injured or killed by the shots that the CDC has now put on the schedule? Yes, it's true. The states still have the authority. And most of them just lay over and go, whatever the CDC says, we'll do. I I think it's naive to say that the most of the states, if they have the ability to do it, are going to put that on the on list of. I I don't think you have to get because, you know, there's. We just went through this whole mm-hmm. thing over the last three years. It's you know it's the newest kid on the block. So I doubt very much that uh, you know they're going to just go. Oh well, we don't want to put that on. No, I, I think that the uh, the lean the red leaning states are going to just say we're not putting it on the list, like DeSantis yeah. has said. But the question is, how long does that last, and how long do we pretend that the CDC is a legitimate organization that actually pays attention to what we call science and doesn't lie? And yeah, exactly. <laughs> All they need is more budget and they'll change the culture. They promise. That's right. Rochelle That's Walensky right. said, but so. we'll still put Rochelle Walensky out there yeah. as, as the, the now the question the is, why are we still in, just in a state of emergency? I mean, because we know here, the only reason the emergency existed was to bring the shots out under emergency use authorization that had no liability under the prep act. Now, that they put this on, as I've said, the only reason that they were they you couldn't find Comirnaty and Spike Vax, etc., on any soil of the United States for sale or gift was because they were waiting to be put on this schedule by CDC. At that point, now they fall under the National Vaccine Injury Compensation Program. Once again, no liability should they injure or kill. I know in this audience, you're probably disgusted with the CDC and the people in it that are responsible for this, much less Biden and Fauci and all of the people that are looking for anything to pounce on should Tucker Carlson get a little bit off wrong. How how disgusted are you today? I, I'm just if you're not disgusted, you're not paying attention. 
And so the state of emergency still exists. And then there's more, more information about if the state of emergency is lifted, the millions risk losing health insurance. That was added. You padded and added to the federal roles, insurance coverage. And the food stamps too. And the food stamps as well. But yeah. what have I said about the most dangerous thing you can have in America? Really, really good medical insurance. And people are so wrong in believing, oh, if I only had coverage. Look, catastrophic care is one thing. But the kind of insurance people are thinking of is covering everything all of the time, which leads to every test imaginable, legitimate or illegitimate, wrong diagnosis based on those bogus tests with no standard, treatment for something you don't have to give you 10 or 15 or 20 other things you didn't have to begin with, and on and on it goes. Medical insurance is guaranteed to what? Enrich the pharmaceutical industry. Cause it to charge exorbitant prices because it can. How many people actually pay out of pocket for things? Medical. It's an artificial market. It's a mandated monopoly. And in a monopoly, prices always go up. Innovation goes down. Care goes down, et cetera. And we would all be healthier if they would eliminate what they call medical insurance mandates or what is in, what is covered with medical insurance. If it was only catastrophic care, Wow, we'd be so much better off. All right, I'll pause there. We'll go into a lot of other subject uh, discussions. We have a, a guest coming on right now. Let's pray the audio and video work. Looks like the video is going to be good. Dr. Henry Ely, and we have links up to him and his websites and articles. You see Energetic Health Institute up on the screen right now for those of you watching live on the 20th of October, 2022. As I prepare to head to Pittsburgh over the weekend, I'm going to be with my friends at the Health Hut. I was just working today, and after the show, I got to do some more on the PowerPoint for that presentation on uh, well, healing at the speed of silver and copper and more. And uh, I'm looking forward to reuniting with my good buddy, Dr. James Lyons-Weiler, Dr. Jack, and the crew mm -hmm. there out in Pittsburgh. So with that, Dr. Henry mm -hmm. Ely, welcome to the Robert Scott Bell Show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. And thanks for being so informed. I mean, everything I'm listening to and when I'm off stage, I'm like, wow, this dude knows his stuff inside and out. It's such an amazing thing. You are doing a great job of educating your audience with facts. It's fantastic to listen to. Well, I appreciate it. It's only 23 years in, so I've got some more learning to do. But <laughs> Amen. We all keep going. But you know why? I look at you and I, and I see Henry and I want to say Henri. You know, for some reason, I want to say Henri. <laughs> Just a little, uh, uh, you know, accent on that. But anyway. Anyway, give us a little bit of your backstory. We have links to, of course, uh, in the show notes to your website. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, we've got uh, beyondthecon.com. That's like, sounds like, oof, that's right up our alley. So uh, we got to get caught up here. Yeah. So, um, you know, when we've been on this for over 20 years, like you, right, you know, you, you can see how they're going to use public health as their vehicle for bringing in Nazi principles and, mm -hmm. and things like that, right? Um, so, you know, we're following this, following this, following this. And then when it looked like they pushed the go button in 2020, um, I said, okay, let's see if we can keep some people calm. So I started doing daily PSAs based upon the data. Uh, my background is in data analysis. I'm a, I have a degree in engineering from UCLA before I became a doctor, mm -hmm. uh, I've worked on the international space station. Um, I've used to divine, uh, design, uh, relational databases and stuff like that. So, you know, I, I know how to, I know my way around a number. How, how fast did you get banned and deplatformed by doing these PSAs? Well, this is what's so interesting about it. They didn't, de they didn't, uh, YouTube didn't ban the school until two weeks ago. Oh my. Um, so we were, we were able to do it in the, in the substance we were following on was that everything that we were reporting came directly from the CDC. 
Yeah. We were showing the truth that was hiding in plain sight, even though people didn't like what I was saying. It didn't matter. We And so when we did our data analysis, Robert, we started um, doing, uh, we looked at it Italian data, South Korean data, um, Chinese data before we realized that that data was all compromised. Uh, we went into some Israeli data. So we were looking around the country, around the world, because we said, what, what's our curve going to look like? New cases, new hospitalization, new deaths. It's going to form like a bell-shaped curve, right? We wanted to see what that curve looked like so we could see how long. The first question was, how long is this, is this going to last? And in most countries, it was lasting about 40 days. And there were a lot of countries that were about two weeks ahead of us. So, you know, we're, we're trying to give people some caution. We're talking about immune priming with vitamin D and vitamin C and what we're seeing around the world, what's so far coming out in the clinical literature. And um, something interesting happened on our curve. We Our curve went up and reached a peak um, in, in uh, late um, March, and then it started to drop. And then on April 14th, the curve re, uh, went up a second time, and that hadn't happened in any country before. And so as a data analyst, I have to explain that. And so we went. We did was we went and looked in and, and said, well, what was responsible for this? Are, are more people getting sick? Is this a second wave so soon or what's going on? That's not what happened. The CDC was committing criminal data fraud. The, C the CDC um, was counting everything as a, a COVID case and instructing doctors and medical teams and, and hospital administrators to do that and justifying it. And this was the criteria, Robert, and you can't make this up. It's in their documentation. It's in COVID alert number two and COVID alert number three. It shows, and, uh, and it was also in a paper adopted from the Council of State and Territorial Epidemiologists on page seven um, as well. It shows conclusively that all the only criteria was needed to diagnose a person with COVID was a single cough. What? That's all that it took. And yes, then you could right. legitimately code them as COVID. And yeah. now you get more money because of that diagnosis back to you if you're a hospital. And you remember at that time, they had taken off all the other discretionary um, uh, procedures. Yeah. So they've created a situation where people were basically in desperate need of money and were willing to do whatever to lie. Sure. You, you stated uh, the cough was all it took and you were able to do that and you only got banned from YouTube two weeks ago. YouTube two weeks ago, we we put out over a hundred public service announcements. Um, we have since moved over to Rumble. They're all preserved. Oh, good. Um, but yeah. we've been we've been on this from day one. So we actually, Dr. Jack, you know, you were, you were mentioning, we actually published our first paper in October, peer reviewed paper mm -hmm. on this because the foundation of this was we also looked into what this meant to death certificates. So death certificate reporting is overreported um, by about 94%. This is unconscionable. If you're going to declare a public health emergency, you need dead bodies. And so what they did to get those dead bodies was they incentivized hospitals to basically kill people with ventilation. Mm -hmm. And they incentivized hospitals to call everything that was dying COVID. It yeah. uh, didn't matter whether it was a car accident, a person falling off a ladder or whatever. It got counted as a COVID death. And then you get more money back. And now we got our numbers and we can keep pu pubbing, uh, pushing out through the legacy media mm -hmm. this nonsensical narrative. That the sky is falling and you're going to die if you don't put on something like a mask that doesn't protect you whatsoever. Yeah. And in the abject killing fields of the hospitals uh, were ramped up to next levels. You know, mm -hmm. they've been that way 
for a long time. And I've called them out on that long before there was the COVID, but now it's an obvious recognition by those, unfortunately, who have suffered the uh, internal loss of family and friends and loved ones uh, through these hospital protocols, Mm -hmm. much less again, the diagnosis of COVID and the death certificates. You know, I've, uh, we've had some guests on uh, talking about, um, well, agencies basically bribing family members to let them claim their death was COVID, even though they know it was a hospital death. In other words, an iatrogenic death uh, and, and bribe them with a lot of money to get them to, you know, just admit it was COVID, just say it's COVID. Let us put COVID on the death certificate. It's like, is that a statistical uh, game they're playing to up the numbers for other states of emergency and permanency or other motivations there? Yeah, I I think it's it's what you just alluded to. They need the numbers, right? So they can pay it off with American taxpayer money, right? The families are struggling, so they're going to need to take the money to bury their loved one anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the story of Ernesto Ramirez Jr. weighs That's in heavily one, yeah. right here, right? Mm-hmm. So I was just talking with Ernest last night. Ernest is the dad. Um, Pfizer shots killed his son. He's very open about that. Mm-hmm. FEMA contacted him, Robert, three one. separate times to try to get him to take blood money to change the death certificate to say COVID death instead of death by, I don't know what the current death certificate says, but they mm-hmm. tried to bribe him. Yeah. And this is going on all around the country. They're bribing people with blood money to keep quiet about this so that they can get the stats they need. COVID, COVID this is a COVID death, right? Be afraid. And also to keep people silent. Right. right about this. Yeah. Make sure that you don't go out because now you're complicit. You took the money. So you're not going to go out there and tell on yourself. Right. And this mm-hmm. is this is the big problem that we're seeing um, across the country. So what we've done, we've been uh, working with Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher in Oregon. Um, they are they are incredible people. And we have a great team of researchers behind us and everything. We've published two huge peer-reviewed papers. We've investigated this de- like, like you wouldn't believe. And we have put all that information out on beyondthecon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a federal grand jury petition currently in progress right now in uh, the District of Oregon, uh, but it applies for the entire country. And we are alleging that um, Walensky, um, Redfield, who the former CDC director, Becerra, Azar, the former HH, uh, HHS uh, secretary, and uh, Brian Moyer, the head of the National Vital Statistics System, are guilty of criminal data fraud and willful misconduct. Um, that their decisions, um, they violated three federal laws, the Information Quality Act, the Paperwork Reduction Act, and the Administrative Procedures Act Mm. to change how death certificates were recorded so that they could um, publish um, inaccurate data and justify a state of emergency. The result of that, Robert, which is crazy, is that resulted in over $3.5 trillion of misappropriated U.S. taxpayer funds. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're, we're going after them on everything that we can go after them. We're going after them on the root cause of how, they, how they've pulled this off so far. Talk about theft uh, of extraordinary proportions. Gargantuan doesn't even begin to describe it. No. And it's a complete an utter decimation of the economic system of the people of planet earth, much less those of us in America who mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'd call us the rubes who still believe federal reserve notes are dollars mm-hmm. and, and that have any legitimacy either in the marketplace other than by fiat monopoly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, many people are figuring this out. It's like, not like the medical system they don't want to use 
you don't want to use the monopoly money or let's say rely upon it in terms of savings because you will diminish that purchasing power will diminish the longer you hold those things. And the only thing keeping this going is illusion, belief, and you know, what they used to call gunboat diplomacy. You know, how much our military can hold the Federal Reserve note as the uh, the, the standard for the planet, right? Basically, mm -hmm. the, the petrodollar or whatever dollar they want to link it to. Now, these things are linked, as we know, the Federal Reserve to the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank. They are not American institutions. They are not right. invested in the autonomy and sovereignty of this country. And it's a, it's, you know, it's kind of a, an incredible situation we find ourselves in, even though there have been people that have warned us about it for decades, if not centuries of history, uh, uh leading up to this point, G Edward Griffin, a uh, mm -hmm. good friend, uh, author of creature from Jekyll Island will be hosting the red pill expo, November 12th and 13th in Salt Lake city at the salt palace convention center. I hope that, uh, everyone will be able to attend either in person or online and stream it. Because the information there, we need to be red-pilled on all of these issues. The economics, of course, uh, facilitate all of this. As you point out, what motivates all of these corruptions and scams and schemes is to remove money from the people and centralize it in those that would own and control or enslave us. Exactly. It, it, it's, it's unconscionable what's going on. And what we've been saying is really clearly, we love our country. And we believe our country is worth fighting for. So we're going to fight them for it, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that's just the attitude we have to take that we're going to outlast them. You know, um, the truth always comes out, you know, with with this, what we've put together on on this foray is, is really simple. Um, you know, they lied, they stole money. And what we're going after them on is criminal data fraud and um, willful misconduct for two reasons. Uh Willful misconduct breaches the protections of the PREP Act and the 1986 National Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, 42 USC 300 AA. All right. It, breach, it, it pierces both of those protections. So we say that the, the pharmaceutical industry it has full li um, uh, immunity from civil litigation, right? Except in the instance of willful misconduct. All right. That's the little clause in both of those protections. So we prove that we can breach them. And now what we do is right. we open up an avenue for everybody who's been injured by the shots mm -hmm. to now sue the pants off of them and sue the industry into oblivion. So what's the status of the, as we speak today? And we talk mm -hmm. about this website beyond the con dot com establishing or, or putting a, a grand jury together. Is this something mm -hmm. we need the government to do? Right. Who do we no. feel? How does this happen? This is, this is the substance of our argument. Chief Justice Scalia was very clear in his 1992 um, majority opinion that grand juries belong to the people. And so what the, what the um, attorney generals and U.S. attorneys want to believe is that they are the gatekeepers for the grand jury system, that, that they own the grand jury system and get to decide what goes before a grand jury and what doesn't. And that is not how grand juries have ever been used. That's not how they are codified now. Uh, grand juries belong to the American people. So what we're doing is banging on the drawer on the door and we'll keep banging on the door until we get in front of a grand jury all this information because we have a right to get this information to a grand jury. We have the right to make sure a grand jury is um, summarily um, advised and informed of what's going on, the allegations of crime, because a grand jury is an independent body, uh, an independent of the judicial branch, independent of the legislative branch, independent of the executive branch. The grand jury belongs to the people and the grand jury 
jury is what is going to decide its own jurisdiction. What that means is grand juries are courts of inquiry. Their job is to investigate, even if only to prove that no crime occurred. That's right. what a grand jury exists for. This is not to say that grand juries haven't become corrupted because they've been controlled by governments and, and uh, uh, let's say, uh, maybe even sitting judges, however this is manipulated, uh, that it's not the system itself that's pure. It's the activation, if you will, of the watchdog status of this, the average folks that go, hey, this is not how it's done. And it seems to be that you put that together so that it is done correctly in this case. Right. We we have this is the first case of its kind in in U.S. Um, legal history that we've been we've seen. So we're going to set some precedents here. And this precedent is far reaching. Uh, it's it's it moves into we reclaim possession of our grand juries. We now have a chance to reestablish and save our country without violence. And that's that's what we're exploring right now. Mm -hmm. um, I think what's really important about this in, this entire process is getting the courts to either confirm their corruption or admit that they have no jurisdiction over grand juries and they cannot prevent a citizen from the right to petition for redress of grievance. And that's what we're resting on here. Really, it's a lot of First Amendment stuff. We're, mm -hmm. we're getting into the core fundamentals of our Constitution with this argument that we're making. So when you go to beyondthecon.com, you can actually download everything for free. We have all the court filings uh, from our, our adversaries and from us laid out mm -hmm. for everyone. We're detailing a path right now to be able to correct this. And that's something we're working with or other organizations on as well so that we can replicate this process and make a mess for them. All right. That's that's what we want to we want to get. I've been telling folks I want to I'm picking a fight. Mm -hmm. You know, this is worth fighting over and we're going to pick this fight and we're going to make sure at some point they're going to have to face us. Yeah, That's on beyondthecon.com. Super Don, put that up full screen as you scroll down. You'll actually see the grand jury petition filed March 7th of 2022. Here we are in October. So we're many months into this now at the U.S. District Court, uh, District of Oregon, Portland Division. Um, and there's uh, Dr. Henry Ely and Senator Dennis Linthicum and Senator Kim Thatcher have signed on. There's the document right there uh, against Robert Redfield, former director of USCDC, Rochelle Walensky. Uh, Alex Azar, Xavier Becerra, or uh, Brian Moyer, and and more. And uh, I guess here we are, many months into it. Uh, is it sitting in back and forth in terms of motions at this point? What what are we seeing now? Well, the the opposition um, filed, of course, a motion to dismiss, right? And they clearly, in their motion to dismiss, expressed a. Completely poor understanding of the grand jury system, as no one should be surprised. They don't understand it. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we filed a re our um, opposition to their motion to dismiss. They filed one final response, which is, you know, per uh, federal procedures, they're right. And now it's sitting on the Honorable Judge Hernandez, um, his desk, you know, for him to rule on. We fortunately are not dependent upon that as our only legal strategy. We wouldn't mm -hmm. be so silly as to rely on just a judge's ruling. Yeah. But we do want to make sure that what we're doing is going step by step through this process mm -hmm. so that we can demonstrate to the American people we have done everything that we should have to do and that is possible to do um, before we take more extreme um, measures in terms of seeking you know, legal redress of grievances, as we say, look, yeah. you, you have to, uh, establish the rightful remedy. You have to engage in the rightful remedy. You have to exhaust all remedy. 
mm-hmm. in order to have established the point at which there is no remedy left mm-hmm. that is peaceful. And, and that's the point of the, all of this, all of our efforts, whether it be for those that are trying to vote uh, or voting uh, or whether it be through the courts or other mechanisms and means. If you act a moment too soon, uh, you don't have the higher ground. And this is part of that strategically to establish, hey, is there a way to address the grievances through the channels as prescribed, whether it be going back to the Declaration of Independence or the Constitution or other statutes where you could say, look, we did this, we did this, we did this, we did this. And here are the long train of you know usurpations, et cetera, that result in whatever next step would have to be. Now, ideally, as we all have described, move peaceably through life, peacefully through life, in fact, to simply defend our right to life, liberty, and property, pursuit of happiness. When there is no more remedy and you've exhausted all those remedies, that's when you can start, you know, and, and I know Super Don and I have talked about this and it's sort of like, there are people out there, Dr. Ely, they're like, they're ready to take up arms. Like, it's like, you know, don't be stupid. Mm-hmm. You don't do that until you have established there is no more peaceable remedy possible. Mm-hmm. And these are the steps that I see being taken here and prayerfully, they are going to resolve this. And, and then we, you know, we move back to a, uh, you know, more constitutionally uh, limited government, if you will, a Republican form of government. It, if not, again, they're the ones denying, if you will, those in, in control of government right now or shadow government or deep state, you know, operatives are denying the access and or the actual machine of government to work on behalf of the people in this case to resolve these issues. Well, the, the perfect example of it is what just happened today, right? With ASIP, right? Yeah, yeah. So what you're, what you're seeing is corporate capture there, and I'm, I'm going to call it corporate enslavement. Let's, let's mm-hmm. start calling things what they are. These people that voted 15-0, they're slaves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're slaves to the pharmaceutical industry. They're they're the ones that are, we somehow have, instead of the American people funding these alphabet organizations, we've allowed corporate interests to come in and start funding these, um, these uh, you know, these alphabet organizations. So now they have uh, what's, you know, two masters, so to speak, us and and the the pharmaceutical industry in this case. So what is, what? who do you think they're going to listen to? They're going to listen to people that are paying them directly. Um, and that's going to be the folks in the pharmaceutical industry, the Pfizer's and the Moderna, Moderna's and the people like that. And what you start getting is you start getting completely unethical behavior. What is more unethical? We have never seen a shot added to the childhood vaccine schedule um, that hasn't completed all clinical trials. Well, when we look at the clinical trials on the NIH, you know, for example, uh, Pfizer doesn't end the clinical trial. The primary one doesn't end until March 15th of next year. Um, Moderna doesn't end till December 29th of this year. And it, these dates keep getting moved and moved back, Robert. Mm-hmm. Um, J&J doesn't end until March 31st of 2023. And then when we go over to the FDA's approval letter, letter for uh, Cormenati, the f- last um, clinical trial doesn't end till May 31st, 2027. Right. And that's specifically a study. Um, the name of the study, it's study C4591036, a prospective cohort study with at least five years of follow-up for potential long-term sequelae of myocardi- myocarditis after vaccination. So what we when we look at that, these shots shouldn't be eligible for being added to the childhood's uh, vaccine schedule yeah, exactly. until after 2027. Yeah. 
Yeah, and that's a very important point. I'm so glad you're bringing it up. And Super Don, pay attention to this too. As I've said, they wouldn't put it on, make it available in the United States until they got it added to the schedule. Why? Mm-hmm. Because liability protection. Yep. But as Dr. Henry Ely is pointing out, the trials are ongoing for a number of years more, not just to 2023, in this case, 2027. So there's no way it should be put on any schedule as an approved or licensed uh, vaccine, much less whatever this genetic uh, altering type injective therapy is. And so we are dealing with so many layers and levels of absurdity resulting in the demise of hundreds of thousands, perhaps to millions of people moving forward. And apparently as well, the inability of those young people that do survive these shots to procreate the Mm -hmm. damage to the ability to procreate fertility issues, both male and female are very real. And those things are clear from those that are working in the fertility uh, medical fields that I've had on this show and discussed ongoing off the air as well. There is no lack of controversy associated with that yet. They've gone ahead and said, yep, put this on the schedule for kids to go to school. And the only argument from the bozos that want to go after Tucker Carlson for daring to bring these things up is, well, he he said that it was a, it was going to be a mandate from the CDC and they can't mandate it. I'm like, what a distraction from the reality. And it's a weak argument. It's not even an argument. The question is, will the people comply? What percentage of them will comply? In years past, it's been the vast, vast, vast majority of the American people have gone, well, if the CDC says it and the state says it, we're going to go get the jabs. But through the COVID travesty, what we have seen is a rising percentage of both lay people and medical professionals now not only questioning COVID jabs, but every jab that was called a vaccine previous to the COVID era. And that's long overdue. Like we've been teaching about um, about vaccine education at the Energetic Health Institute for, uh, what are we, in our eighth or ninth year, we put together the first class uh, with uh, CEUs actually for professionals so that you can go in, you can become a vaccine education specialist and learn, you know, actually read the inserts, you know, the things they never taught us in medical school to actually read an actual insert and understand what post-marketing surveillance data is and understand how to access VARES and, and to fill out a report. They never teach any of that stuff in medical school and it's intentional. They don't want those reports in. That's why Varus is always underreported. With COVID shots, it's still dramatically underreported. And that should give you a huge pause when you have over 1.4 million reports in and you have over 30,000 deaths. And here's the one that gets me all the time, Robert. Mm-hmm. When you look at the Varus data, there are at least 8,000 deaths that occurred within 48 hours of getting the shot. That is causality right there until proven otherwise. What they've done is they've put the burden on us to prove that it's causality instead of the burden being on them to prove that it's not. They call them temporal conspiracy theories. Right, exactly. I, I mean, yep. it's just so absurd. Uh, absurd. Uh, energetichealthinstitute.org. Super Don, put that website up and you can see there uh, Aloha and welcome to the EHI. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a Hawaiian-based uh, institute here? We we love the Hawaiian culture. We love the the idea of of love, and that's what aloha. I mean, aloha actually means many things, mm-hmm. but but we love the spirit of aloha because we think that that what that does is it brings us together. And if you hold right there. I've purposely left some videos on, uh, we're about to take them off, but I've left them on for the last week and a half mm-hmm. uh, because we want people to see what censorship and book burning in this day and age looks like. Yeah, When, when we are the first school that 
YouTube has deplatformed in the entire world. This is book burning. This is Nazi Germany type stuff mm. right here and suppression of free speech. Mm. What we have to be able to do is have conversations. We have to be able to disagree. And that's what made the ASIP meeting so disturbing today. There wasn't one person asking hard questions. There wasn't one person in dissent of this and saying, look, you know what? I might vote on it, but I, I'm going to wait until the clinical trials are all done. I, we shouldn't even be, we should table this until all clinical trials are done and we have long-term data. We have enough. The CDC had to add a warning label on the shots for myocarditis for kids. Do, uh, Dr. Lapido in Florida just came out with a great analysis based upon actual evidence, right? Dr. McCullough and I have been talking about this forever, about the role of the spike protein and cardiovascular decline. And when you start getting this amount of, uh, this number of problems, mm -hmm. it would just make sense at the very least. I mean, really this program should be shut down. It should have been, it should have never been approved. Mm -hmm. All right. We, we had early treatments. We didn't need a warp speed um, something put in, right? Sure. But the idea is real simple. You cannot add something to a schedule while it's still in clinical trial. It's a violation of mm. 45 CFR 46 and the regulations we have that regulate the testing of medical mm. products before they can be released into the public. They're I, breaking every law every rule. Yeah. and, we're, and we're, we need a judge to be brave and hold them accountable. Yeah, I would say that we are in grave danger every day the FDA and the CDC exists. Yeah, we I, have... I agree. We have relied upon these bureaucratic agencies to protect us when they have been fully captured and enslaved, as you as you pointed out, uh, by an industry and non-governmental entities that want to own, control, yes. enslave us, drug us, vaccinate us, ultimately kill us. But before, but before they do so, extract every ounce of energy we have yep. for their purposes. And so uh, the very existence of these bureaucratic agencies uh, is repugnant, I think, to the Constitution. But very few, if any, are talking about eliminating these agencies. They just want to reform them. Like Walensky says, we, yeah, we know we didn't do great, but if you just send us more money, we'll we'll reorganize and do better next time. Right. You know what's interesting about that? Because we actually included that in our response to the courts, right? She gave us gold. She yeah. One of the mistakes that she made was she mentioned data. She said we've made some pretty public mistakes, but and one of the one of the things that they made a mistake in was with data. The CDC is not eligible to make mistakes with data. That's what the Information Quality Act and that's what the Paperwork Reduction Act are all about, ensuring that federal agencies do not publish inaccurate data for public consumption. So when she admitted to that, she admitted everything that we alleged in the whole process right there that, you know, we have to hold our any federal agency to a higher account. But I agree with you at this point, mm -hmm. trust in the CDC, trust in the FDA, trust in the HHS and all these. They're clearly enslaved by corporate interests. And it's at that point where you just have to disband all of it and just yeah. say enough. We are definitely better off without it. And, you know, there's no reason for a person to outsource the responsibility of their health to anyone else. Health is not a public concern. Yeah. Health is a private individual, personal concern. individual concern. And that's where it should be. It should be maintained. Dr. Henry Ely, man, you to say you rock is an understatement. Appreciate you so much. So are, are there any events that you're participating in? Uh, 
online or in person that we should know about? Yeah, you know, we just um, uh, we just did an event in Sedona. Um, it was uh, Peter, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, uh, Dr. Jeff Barkey talking about uh, AB 2098 in California, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. Ben Marble, um, Dr. Angie Farella, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, nice. um, a lot of, and myself and a lot of great people. It was put together by Dr. Laura uh, Rubialis, a colleague of mine. But a great weekend. Um, we uh, we're about to publish the um, my my talk on fasting, uh, autophagocytosis, and DNA repair. I've been working with the families who've been severely injured by the shots all year. We've learned a lot. We have a lot still to learn, but we've learned a lot. So what we did was we put together a course. Uh, people can go to uh, energetichealthinstitute.org uh, to find the course. It's called Art of Cellular Healing. It'll get people going, get people started. And then uh, in November, um, Robert, we are going to be starting a weekly um, volunteer uh, Q&A clinic for everybody who's injured by the shots and long COVID so that they can come in and ask questions and we'll share everything we know. Well, let, let me know if I can help in any way. I greatly appreciate all of Will your be. efforts and the teams of good people that have uh, awakened to this disaster and are actually moving forward in integrity. Uh you know, this is what I had always hoped and prayed for. And it's happening, of course, in the midst of disasters and death and mayhem. But it seems to be that's what it takes to get people to move from their comfort zones, even if they complain about them. They're more comfortable in what they know than stepping up in liberty and the, I guess, the inconvenience of not knowing. Uh, but in, in this case, that's freedom. And that's a much more desirable state here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. And I think with you as well, Dr. Ely. Well, I, I really appreciate being on here. And I, man, I got to tell you, I really appreciate everything you're doing. You are doing a beautiful job of informing your audience with facts, not fear, not hyperbole. Just, hey, this is what it is. This is what's in front of us. And we have work to do. You love yeah. your country. It's time to go to work. Yeah, we, we got to put on our big boy pants or our big girl pants. Yeah, I got to mature through this and stop behaving like an immature little child and just screaming and yelling and putting right. you know my fingers in my ears so I don't hear these things. Uh, and this is uh, this is that you know moment. If you're a parent, you always hope that your children will will, be, will grow up to be what dependent on the state for everything or oh independent mm-hmm. and successful in co-creating their own lives and 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 identifying what they're here to do and getting out there and doing it. And I think that in, in some sense, um, you know, I don't like the analogy, but a lot of people do look to the government as their mommy or daddy long after they sh- they've left their own real mommy and daddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and that's, a, you know, an immature state or place to be. And it's ripe for exploitation into what? Slavery. Slavery. Various forms of slavery. Yeah. By 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 whatever name you want to call it, it's still slavery, right? Yeah. And that's what, you know, you just made me think of a quote from Mark Twain. All right, if I can share it. Yeah. The two most important days in a person's life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. <laughs> yes. Well, yeah. we all found out why we were born right yeah. now, right? It's yeah, it, we're in the process. If you hadn't figured it out, it, you're right there or else, I don't know, you're probably already a victim of the hospital iatrogenocide. Uh, we don't want any more folks going through that. Uh, Dr. Henry, I will just say this. You have an open door to this show. Any moment you have an announcement to make, you just let me or Super Don know. Uh, I'd, I'd get you on in a heartbeat. I can tell uh, the spirit, intelligence, uh, and uh, principles from which you uh, uh, operate and originate. And uh, it's very rare indeed. And we appreciate, I appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you so much, sir. It's an, it's an honor to be here. And it's an honor to, you know, the, the, the beautiful thing that has come out of all of this 
is there were so many of us walking towards each other. We just didn't realize we didn't know each other, but now we are forming some of the strongest networks that will last our lifetime and hopefully beyond as we move our country back into freedom and what it's supposed to be about. Amen. All right, Dr. Henry Ely, we'll have you again back on. We're going to see our mutual friend, Dr. James Lyles Weiler this weekend in Pittsburgh, uh, uh, Beaver Falls. Uh, thanks to our friends at the health hut Saturday, a day long event that I'll be at speaking on a lot of topics, including health freedom, which is one of my favorite, of course, here. This is the show that talks health freedom and healing liberty and has for 23 years. will continue as long as it's needed. Uh, Dr. Henry Ely, thank you so much. We have links to you, of course, in the show notes, and we'll continue to follow up at the Energetic Health Institute as well as beyondthecon.com. I'll check it out and uh, see what we can do to help out in that regard as well. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, sir. All right. Thanks. That's uh Wow, what a what a powerful uh, couple hours of uh, uh, broadcast uh, here! I, and we had, we had not had Doctor Ely to my memory on the show before, and you could tell immediately uh, the re- the resonance, if you will, and the connections that we have. So thank you for that. Very very uh, uh, uplifting in in terms of the empowerment that that's needed desperately right now, and it ain't coming from government. I'll tell you that. I mean that's that goes without saying, or should. But if I don't say it. Well, then we're not doing a show. It's a talking show. I know there's visual too, but less important than the talking part. All right, Super D, we got a few more minutes here on the broadcast before. And I want to remind everybody, if you haven't signed up, the Synergy Science Sauna, right behind me to my left, behind me with the happy smiley face in it, it's sauna season. And my buddy, Paul Baratero from Synergy Science is going to join me, or I'm going to join him actually. And we're going to do an online webinar almost immediately after the show, top of the hour here. Uh, we should end up around five o'clock Eastern time, I believe two o'clock Pacific time. So we'll have a, an abbreviated or almost, almost nothing in terms of a bonus round because well, it starts want, right at the top of the hour, right? Yeah, I know. So we want people to, so to we can't do a bonus time this today. So can you drop the link into the uh, chat rooms just so the last minute sign up yes, I can. And, and that way you can, let's say our bonus round will be the infrared sauna synergy sauna webinar, and you'll have the greatest deal that you'll ever get by joining us there. If you'd want to get one of these and it's perfect timing again, I was, you know, sauna time is fall to winter through spring. And then yeah, summer, I go out in the sun and sweat there, but I know people use it year round too, but this is the time. So I want to let you know about that. Super will drop the link in if you're with us live. And if you're just a little bit behind, go ahead and hit that link and sign up there too, because that's the only way if you can't make it live that you can get the replay. Uh, so that's an important part of this as well. Uh, great stuff with Jonathan Emore today. As I said, the uh, exploratory committee for Jonathan to run for the U.S. Senate. I mean, I just love to see him there pontificating in the U.S. Senate. Um, I think he. I think you know, no offense to Rand Paul, but I think uh, Emore could could run circles around him, and that's saying something in regards to constitutional basis for uh, what governance, if you will, appropriate governance. So that'd be fun. Uh, Emore for VA for Virginia.com. Check that out. Uh, tomorrow we do have another. I guess, yeah, we're live in, in before I head out tomorrow. Isn't that right? I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, I'm thinking about that. Yeah, we are doing a show tomorrow. Uh, even though I'm flying out, I should just take the day off. I just tend not to. And then we'll see you in Pittsburgh. And then we've got Red Pill Expo November 12th and 13th. And you can watch that live online, but I'd love to see you in person at the Salt Palace Convention Center, 12th and 13th. What other things am I forgetting to announce and, and, and promote here? Super D, help me out. Uh, well, we got... We got what four minutes to three minutes? Yeah, three or four minutes. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Time wow. has flown today. It has. Um 
Yeah, I think that's good enough for now. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have a question of the day, we'll just hold on till tomorrow. You, I can't answer it today, right now. I don't think you can. Yeah, not you can't do it justice here. Um, Dude, that's, that's how little what, you think of me. What do all the letters and numbers mean in homeopathy? In 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 three minutes? No, come on now. All right, so uh, I think it was Nancy that asked that question. So yeah, we'll apologies, we're going to delay that question and answer for tomorrow. Remember our AMAs, monthly AMAs via Zoom. And we'd love to have you join us, our patron uh, supporters. Uh, you can pay as little as five bucks a month and some pay all year for the full year. That's great, too. And you can join us. And we give a lot of good goodies away uh, at the event as well. Uh, the Zoom meetings are happening the 20th, this time, the 25th of uh, October. That's a Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, I think, next week. Uh, and we'll do that at uh, 7 o'clock Pacific, four, 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific uh, for that one. Hopefully, we can get some special guests on for that Zoom meeting. That would be fun. So um, let me just show you something. While, while yeah. you were busy uh, mm-hmm. talking with Dr. Ely, I was working I, on something in, in the background here. I was very busy. Yes. Um, check this out. What is it? What is that? I'm looking I at the show. Out. We are now also having the uh, ability. I'm still yeah. working out the, the minor details here mm-hmm. that uh, we're currently streaming on Odyssey right now. Odyssey? Yes. How is that possible? I didn't know we had that many outflows. Could we do well, that? You know, people have asked about us doing it um, okay. on Odyssey before. Mm-hmm. And and I know that there was a way that we could, mm-hmm. but we weren't able to at the time. This is basically the same thing that we experienced uh, with Rumble. Okay. I just went over there and I was just like, because check it out. A lot of the stuff that we thought was lost. Yes. Uh, is backed up on Odyssey. It's all the stuff that didn't have copyright strikes. You mean from from YouTube? From the YouTube channel, yeah. So there's wow, like almost YouTube. 400 videos that are up on Odyssey that I backed up on there. No way, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I was just checking that out because I'd forgotten all about the whole backup thing. Um, and I was just like, hey, this is really cool. And then it said, go live. And I'm like, okay. okay. <laughs> so I tried <laughs> and it awesome. worked. Um Dude. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, so you're saying there's a lot of older shows that we didn't know we still had access to via Odyssey. Yeah, that that- I think the earliest, and like I said, it's just a fraction of what we had. Yeah. Um, but I think the earliest video we got is like 2017. That's on there. Well, so, it's still something yeah. going back. So anyway, kind of cool. That is kind of cool. That's fantastic. So actually, I'll have to figure out whether we have the ability. Um, what we might do is on the days that we aren't doing Brighty on, mm-hmm. we'll go out on Odyssey as well. I think that's the way I got to do it right now. Unless okay. we, until we get to that next level and we upgrade and we can. Add yeah. More. Well, that means more patron supporters, y'all. So get us yeah. there. You can help us out. Thank you for everybody that's that's doing it. Even just sharing the show. Michael Bolden, 10th Amendment Center, says Odyssey is amazing. I think he always said that was a good site. Yeah, we set it up to back up. But remember, the, the problem that it ran into was that anything that had any kind of copyright uh, issue with YouTube, it wouldn't right. up, it wouldn't uh, back up yeah. on Odyssey, which was yeah. like of the vast majority of our videos, unfortunately, because we used yeah. music, right? Right. But the the stuff that didn't have any kind of copyright stuff. So we got, it's like I said, it's 390-something videos. Mm-hmm. Um, from the old YouTube channel are up there and yeah. uh, apparently we can stream live on there now too. All right. Well, with that, uh, we're going to take a pause and do a very abbreviated hello in the bonus round uh, to remind you of some Seriously? Things. You're, you're going to force the bonus round here. Just huh? really tiny. Really tiny. You just, I can't. You just, you just, I just want everybody to say hello. All right. Ready? Yeah, ready? 
Power Go. to Heal is yours. Is yours. Go. Yes. Just a little eeny bitty teeny tiny weeny whiny. Bonus round. Okay. <laughs> See you later. Hey. Wow. That was cute. I like it. You could have gone on and I would have had nothing to say about it. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, in three minutes from now, I'll be joining Paul Bertero on the uh, Synergy Sauna webinar. I hope you'll join me there. Super Don put that out in the links. The link is in both chat rooms and it is in the show notes. I, yeah. I'm assuming they still have time to sign up. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, get signed up. Go check it out. Please do. Yes. And then tomorrow uh, looks like, let's see what we got on schedule for tomorrow's show. Uh, we got Dr. Richard Fleming um, is on for the tomorrow, uh, for one. And uh, we'll see what else we got tomorrow. He's from 10letters.org. Uh, so that could be good. Correct. Yeah. No, yeah. We'll just talk news of the day and the question yeah. of the day. Question that of the day, we'll get to that. Stuff. So, yeah, always, <laughs> always plenty to talk about and the stuff we don't get to. Yeah. Uh, in the show, you will be able to check out on the newsletter if you get signed up for the newsletter. Real quick. Uh, at Robert what do you, yeah. What do you think? Uh, text RSB to 22828. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What did you think of Dr. Ely, dude? He was, he was dude, just he's right cool. there slaying it. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, he was, yeah. yeah. He was totally cool. Um, one of those, one of those guys that, uh, we could have on any day of the week. Yeah, and absolutely. I could, I could turn the mic over to him. I that's right. no problem. That's the guy I could do that with. <laughs> All right. So, so real quick, uh, yeah. since we've got still like two minutes to go here, right? Plus a minute and a half. Since you wanted up. to do a bonus time. Yeah. The, uh, the poll of the day. Yeah. Was I think timely. Do you think most States will mandate the COVID vaccine for kids to go to school? Okay. Yes. No, we're not sure. Let's see. What, what do you think? Uh, Gosh, I think the majority are going to say, I don't, I think no, I think no, but not by a ton, but a little bit. What do you think? Let's see. Well, I was kind of surprised. We've got some optimistic folks out there. Uh, it is, yeah. it is no, yeah. uh, by 48%, 48% believe yeah. they will not. I, I could so see that. Very because, optimistic. I like but, that. But your point is you brought up, even with Oregon, it's not a hundred percent, uh, you know, compliance with CDC. Right. But we know which states are likely going to do that. And I feel bad for the people that are there. Get your kids out. All right. I got to run. I got to be part of the thing. So you can run the rest of the thing and I'm going to switch on okay. over and I'll see you there. All right. All right. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, guys.